Hey, News Dive listeners, we have a bunch of news that we're going to be talking about this week. But before we get into it, I want to get some plugs for you to listen to and pay attention to. If you are a regular follower of News Dive, you know that the uh, prosecution attack, attempted extradition uh, on Julian Assange is of grave importance to us because it is of grave importance to the future of press freedom. And this is a big week for actions to raise awareness to Assange and and what's going on. So we wanted to start the show off by plugging all of them. So first of all, there is Wednesday, March 17 and Thursday, March 18, Action for Assange, uh, a group that we've covered in the past is holding events in DC. These are also coinciding, I believe, with events in a few other cities, uh, New York, uh, other places that I can't think of off the top of my head. So since this show is recorded on Tuesday nights and typically published on Thursdays, there's a good chance that one and maybe there's a definite chance that one and a good chance that both of those events may have happened by the time you're listening to this. But uh, you can still support them by checking out coverage on at action underscore the number four Assange. So action underscore four Assange. Uh, and also we're going to be sending David of Newstive from last week's episode. He's going to be in DC uh, covering the event. So you may also be able to see some coverage on our page at News Dive Radio on Twitter, also on Instagram and Facebook, but I think the main coverage is going to be on Twitter. Coinciding with the Wednesday event, there is a fuck censorship event that I believe David is also going to be covering. That is hosted by the Convo Couch at the Convo Couch, T H E C O N V O couch and immediately my brain goes to c-o-n-v-o you know the fucking bingo song uh um and one more plug beef wait did i get those handles right i got all the handles right why is twitter giving me problems right now um yeah and then one more plug this is an event happening saturday march 20th. Uh, It is a telethon. Uh, It's a big panel uh, with uh, a bunch of people from different backgrounds, journalists, um, law people, uh, um, others. (laughs) And and it is the hashtag free Assange forum. And that is a telethon style event hosted by Jen Perlman, former congressional candidate and Katie Halper, um, comedian. uh, And you can watch that from... But we are seeing a change. Oh Uh, my God, Jen, stop. I don't need your instant video to play. (laughs) I'm just trying to plug your event. Um, I don't know if that picked up on the mic, but you know, whatever. Ah, uh, that takes place from 1.45 to 7 p.m. Eastern time and is on YouTube, Generational Change, capital J-E-N-E-R-A-T-I-O-N-A-L space change. So yeah, uh, on the ground events 
in uh, the Wednesday, Thursday, DC, Action Per Assange, Convo Couch, uh, Telethon on Saturday, Generational Change. Uh, and with that, here is our episode. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking with just a little flight information. We're flying at an altitude of 37,000 feet and our airspeed is 400 miles an hour. A couple little facts here, I'm packing a Colt King Cobra, that's a 357 caliber firearm with a black rubber grip and a six inch barrel, capable of piercing body armor at a distance of up to 27 feet. And it can put a hole in human bone and flesh the size of the Grand Canyon, which, by the way, is coming up on the left-hand side of the plane. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the rest of the flight. No, not you, not you. Your organization's terrible. Should I tell you? Should I tell you? Oh, you're Boy Scout, but you know life. You know life. You know I'm totally off script right now. Not you. Your organization is terrible. Boy Scouts, you know, like, and now we're actually in the episode. I am Sam Carliner, and I am here with someone who doesn't watch anime. Jane. And I'm also here with someone who does watch anime. Me, Sophia Janoskoli. That is, uh, that is the team, um, and we don't really have any big stories this week, thank God. Um, boring I mean, week of news overall. I, yeah, I mean, boring. I feel like it's not like less terribleness has been happening. It's just that rather than like a really, really specific terrible thing taking all of the space, there's been a lot of like, bubbling ups of terrible things that are still you know continuate yeah continue continuations of older events yeah we're just, basically, just yeah no it's um it's like a uh clip episode or whatever like a uh um montage of stories from news dive past that um we're, ju- we're getting back to because they decided to get back to the world um you know, some of some never disappeared. Um, you know, Iran, Russiagate, surprisingly. <laughs> um, some did and are, are still thing. Um, yeah, I'm pulling up the Google document, which is uh, Jesus. I, okay, here we go. Uh, yeah, so I feel like we should start uh, with Black Lives Matter news or Black police violence against black people news that was uh, around this time of year one of the bigger things in the news um so naturally there's a lot of stuff happening now on the anniversary uh so this is i think the thing i'm thinking of first is the trial of derek chauvin chauvin uh chauvin as I've said with a few other world leaders before, I don't respect him enough to learn how to pronounce his name. The guy who killed George Floyd. I don't um, even know if I pronounced it right. So yeah, it's but his trial is starting 
I would, I want to try to follow that and like do regular reporting on it. But right now they're in the jury selection process. Um, this is from Unicorn Riot. They've been doing really great reporting of this. Um, so on, I'm reading from them. I can't find the author, um, but on May 25, 2020, former Minneapolis police MPD officer Derek Chauvin kneeled on George Floyd's neck for nearly 10 minutes, killing him. The moment was recorded and posted to Facebook. Da, da, da. I'm skipping to the newer stuff. On March 8, 2021, Chauvin's trial on murder and manslaughter charges began. Jurors will hear the case nearly a year after the largest protest movement against police and racism in the history of humankind that spawned from Floyd's killing. President over by Judge Peter, not president, presided over by Judge Peter Cahill, the trial of the state of Minnesota versus Derek Chauvin is being held on the 18th floor of the Hennepin County Government Center with strict COVID-19 protocols. Opening arguments are slated to begin around March 29 after the jury is impaneled. Jury selection began on Monday, March 8, and is expected to last several weeks. Uh, and as I've said, Unicorn Riot is doing a lot of great on the ground interviews, you know, with people from the community. They've also been reporting on, I think, the uh, court proceedings. They are available at UR underscore ninja. Um, and yeah, I encourage people to check them out. And uh, as is going to be like the case with a lot of these stories, I don't really have much detailed stuff to say on it. Well, I want to update people. Shane, I don't know if you have um, takes, but I kind of don't other than that I'll probably try to watch the court proceedings as they happen. I mean, uh, what I noticed, uh, what stood out to me was the, uh, the amount of money that's being spent to uh, uh, contain the protests. It says right here that up to $35 million reportedly may be spent on security preparations for the trial for street closures, concrete barricades, uh, barbed wire, and a mile of fencing surrounding state buildings and 3,000 National Guard troops true i forgot about that i feel like because i feel like like when it happened i mean that was a time everyone was just streaming from every city everyone was streaming like this is the police shit going on here this is the crackdown i was i can't remember a week where i was more sleep deprived than like when all of the big like streams and protests were going on um but I feel like I haven't seen as much of that. Admittedly, I still don't have my own computers so that contributes. Guys, this is this is the real story that's been our, our recurring update is me not having a laptop um, and not having contact with the repair. Actually, update, breaking, I did hear back from them. They said that they never got the battery they were supposed to get from Apple and that they're going to contact them. So that's the big update. But um, back to actually important things that affect people. Yeah, no, I, um, you know, I'm hoping we see more um, like on the ground coverage because so far I've only really seen unicorn riots um, and they've been doing good interviews, but I haven't yet seen as much about the, the police presence. 
I, I did I do remember seeing a little bit of that, but I also didn't like dive into it. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that's all I got. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is gonna be a quick episode, honestly. Um, worst case, we will just continue talking about things that aren't news. Um, uh, Brianna Taylor, also the anniversary of cops murdering her took place. This is from uh, esteemed independent uh, listener funded outlet NPR, uh, just a little startup. You may have heard of them. <laughs> I thought that was funny. It might not have been. <laughs> Hundreds gathered to demand justice for Breonna Taylor one year after her death by Chloe Weiner. Hundreds of demonstrators gathered in downtown Louisville on Saturday to mark the anniversary of the death of Breonna Taylor, a 26-year-old Black woman who was killed by police officers at her apartment one year ago. Taylor, whose name has been a rallying cry in the movement for racial justice, was killed in a narcotics raid on March 13 of last year when Louisville Metro Police Department officers forced their way into her home. She was not the target of the raid. Uh, on Saturday, activists and supporters joined Taylor's family in a rally at Jefferson Square Park, the heart of many of Louisville's protests over the last year to remember her life and demand further justice. I will say, while of course we didn't get justice for her, uh, I was happy with how many posts I saw on her anniversary. You know, I do feel like that was a thing that um, a lot of people made sure to market. Um, and what is it, at Kamala Harris, uh, like at the very end of the day tweeted the thing, um, which I, I forget who it was, but someone I thought was like pointing out, like this is the first black woman to ever be president. How has she not had a tweet like as the day is ending? I mean, if I was, yeah, I wouldn't be like, yeah. I would hate that. But I, if I was, I would have that tweet scheduled. Like I would get an intern to schedule that tweet like a month in advance. Um, so I, I do think that's worth highlighting just because it shows how once they're in office, how bottom of their mind, these things and these deaths become, I mean, she's a cop, yeah. we've known this. <laughs> uh, just something I want to bring up that like, just something like I noticed is rarely talked about is the fact that they had the the person that the police were looking for when they raided their her uh, apartment, uh, they already had that person in custody before the raid even took place. Yeah. Um, also, what is it? I mean, also, let's never forget that the only cop who was charged, the only thing he was charged for was for damaging a wall. I mean, that that wasn't the... In someone else's apartment. Yeah, so that yeah, was the official title. It was like like like... I don't know what it, like what the official police term is, but like the, Where, the crime of negligently shooting and causing damage, which which is such a great um, statement on the role of police in capitalism that uh, yeah. is property, not people, who they actually get in trouble for harming. Also, Portland, Portland came back recently. Uh, the city of Portland had disappeared into the abyss. Um, 
it had sunken below the earth and it reemerged as it sometimes it does. If you listen to uh, the, the right-wing media sphere, you would think that the entire city of Portland is just a pile of ash after it has been burned down by- right uh, Tucker Carlson is a socialist. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, uh, shit. I just, I, John Oliver did, did an entire segment on. You did an entire Carter. segment. I, I actually will say, I know that like John Oliver is the one that everyone is talking about. Um, but I will say that the first podcast episode of um, News Dive was me and uh, former co host Joe Anditas just complaining about how fucking racist all of Tucker Carlson's. Um, Black Lives Matter coverage was. So yeah. it was a doozy to see him being called and then, uh, a socialist. And then and then when you call when you call Tucker a, a white nationalist, he'll go on a show and be like, what is not white nationalism? Oh, he makes what that is it really? That hold on, let me let me do my best Tucker face. I don't know if I can. Hold on. I mean, this is a podcast, so this isn't <laughs> listeners can't see. They can imagine. Ugh, hold on. <laughs> No, I can't, I can't do it. I, I, you know, it's just, you have to, you have to be Tucker to make the Tucker face. But um, yeah, but Portland, yeah. back to, back to that. Portland police kettle demonstrators, journalists at Friday night protest. Portland police rolled out an old tactic against protesters Friday night. Oh, this is from Portland, no, Oregon Public Broadcasting, I think. OPB, whatever that stands for. Um, old purdy bastard. Um, no, that's where my mind goes to. All right. Potentially wade into legal wars as they surround uh, Portland police rolled out an old tactic against protesters Friday night and potentially waded into a legal morass as they surrounded a group of at least 100 protesters on a block downtown in response to what the police bureau said were multiple instances of vandalism. The controversial tactic known as kettling has been at the center of multiple lawsuits and is broadly criticized by civil rights advocates as dangerous and so indiscriminate as to violate civil rights. In a press release Saturday morning, PPB included photos of two broken windows. Numerous protesters reported police taking individuals aside and photographing them with their names and date of birth. Um, and yeah. That's that's Portland. Uh, I, I mean, this this has apparently been going on nonstop. But the reason I think it's important to highlight is uh, it's happening under Biden now. Uh, everyone was now. Admittedly, it is a different situation. This is Portland police. Trump had like weird unmarked feds. Yeah, and, uh, Trump at one point sent sent in the National Guard. True, with, true. Which which only escalated the situation. But and I think we which, had, sorry, you know, you talk, you talk. When, when, when the National Guard went in there, they had actually escalated the situation. The protests got worse to the point where they actually had to pull them out. And things, and contrary to what Republicans in this country want you to believe, things got more peaceful after they pulled the federal agents out of the, out of the city. So yeah, take that, but, take that for what it is. But, and it's just, just uh, from this article, it's just 
uh, just stunning. It's just the, this, uh, they said because there was photos of two broken windows, so there was a little bit of property damage. So they just use that as an excuse to violate everyone's First Amendment rights. Also, the also the uh, trying uh, for like pretty much like coercing to reporters out of the situation so making it harder for reporters to report on their actions is along with that that's really concerning to me yeah and and again it's happening under biden i mean yes and, and this really goes to the thing like trump took like all of these structures to like just weird grotesque extremes but the structures come from the Biden style politics. Like everything, everything Trump exploited was handed to him by Obama. Um, so if you like, if you, but like besides, besides the federal agents, like the, the way the police acted like under the, the Trump administration, besides like the federal troops, like Trump did like, didn't control the, doesn't con- have control over the police so it's you can't so just this is just how the police are it has nothing to do with like who's president like th- like they to, for some to do something they would actually have to pass like some sort of police reform at the federal level uh, well, I mean, this like, is just this is just this, this like this is more i would say when biden says nothing's going to fund- fundamentally change because because trump didn't do any different he just he just played into it more uh, because his base loves uh, when police uh, kick in the faces of protesters, so he played it. He played it up more, but he didn't actually do anything to cause that. It, that's just how the police are. And and now that Biden's in, and he didn't hasn't done anything either, so it's the same thing uh, continues. Well, some of the like three most mafia gang esque uh, police departments you can think of are. LAPD, NYPD, and Democratic cities, Chicago PD, and those are all like intensely democratic cities. And And then, well, and then one more thing, I was, I will say, the one thing that Trump did, it was really disgusting, is that is the uh, ten, the the ten year prison sentence for uh, like protest, violent protesters. Yeah, that it's it's a fuck cops episode. Oh. I'm so tempted to now title this episode, It's a Fuck Cops episode. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe. We'll, we'll see. Um, what, um, but I'm looking, I don't know, I don't want this episode to be like too short, but no, we have, we have a good amount of stuff to go on. There's a lot going on in the international situation. Um, so two terrible laws were passed in uh, two different states that begin with the letter A. Um, to clarify, each state passed a law that was terrible, not each state passed two different terrible laws. Arkansas, uh, this is from PBS NewsHour, uh, another, you know, just a, just a little known little independent, independent outlet I want to plug. Uh, Arkansas governor signs near total abortion ban into law. Little Rock, Arkansas. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson on Tuesday signed into law legislation banning nearly all abortions in the state, a sweeping measure that supporters hope will force the U.S. Supreme Court to revisit its landmark Roe v. Wade decision, but opponents vow to block before it takes effect later this year. 
the Republican governor had expressed the Jesus reservations about the bill, which only allows the procedure to save the life of, I don't like this writing, mother, and does not provide exceptions for those impregnated, wait, had expressed, which only, oh, okay, oh, okay, I thought he was saving the, I can't even, um, allows the procedure to save the life of the mother and does not provide exceptions for those impregnated in an act of rape or incest. Arkansas is one of at least 14 states where legislators have proposed outright abortion bans this year. Hutchinson said he was signing the bill because of its overwhelming legislative support and my sincere and long-held pro-life convictions. Um, and then we have, you added something from Common Dreams. Um, yeah, the, yeah I, it's an opinion piece written by uh, Elizabeth Nash. And I think it lays out the, uh, I think she lays out very well the, the right wing uh, uh, path to fully uh, making abortion illegal in this country. Uh, on Tuesday afternoon, uh, Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson signed into a law near total ban on abortion. This is an alarming development even for the most uh, seasoned observer of the battle for abortion rights in this country, here's why. This new law is part of an accelerating trend in the United in the states to ban abortion entirely or very early in pregnancy, a further escalation of a decade-long effort to uh, eliminate legal access to abortion state by state. Extreme as it is, the Arkansas abortion ban does not come as a surprise. In just four years, then President Trump confirmed more than 200 federal judges, nearly three in 10 of all active federal judges in the United States, and three of the nine justices on the U.S. Supreme Court. As the court has become more conservative, state legislators have focused more attention on total and early abortion bans, which they hope that will eventually the Supreme Court will allow such sweeping laws to take effect. The court has already expressed that it welcomes more challenges to abortion rights. With dozens of case, cases in litigation, there are many opportunities for the court to start weakening abortion rights before taking a, a case that would allow enforcement of early and total abortion bans. The appointment of Justice Brett Kavanaugh in the fall of 2018 kickstarted the 2019 state legislative session, where six states adopted measures that ban abortion as early as six weeks of preg pregnancy before most people even know they are pregnant. And Alabama enacted a total ban on abortion. The confirmation of Justice Amy Coney Barrett in October 2020 cemented a 6-3 conservative and anti-abortion majority and is having similar impact. Uh, in addition to uh, Arkansas uh, abortion ban, South Carolina enacted a ban on abortion at six weeks of pregnancy in February. Another 15 states have seen similar legislation introduced so far this year. None of the total six-week abortion bans uh, have been signed into law, but the, ex but the lawmakers who pushed them never expected them to take effect immediately. Rather, the ban served as a long-term strategy where the goal is to test the limits of what the Supreme Court's new conservative majority may allow and to lay the groundwork for a day when federal constitutional protections for abortion are weakened or eliminated entirely. They're coming for the abortions. 
and there's a, there's a, it goes on a little more or you can find it uh it's the article is called arkansas's passing near total ban on abortion is part of a larger plan to hurt reproductive white rights nationally and it's again by elizabeth nath if you want to read the rest of it but that i think that paints a good idea what's going on it's been a week guys i've been going through it i've been going through it for the three day long week so far um yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say on it other than I want to, you know, remind people that uh, the uh, when abortion is banned and made illegal, it uh, doesn't actually stop abortions. Uh, it just stops legal abortions and it increases the risk of the baby dying and the mother dying through other means. Um, yeah. Um, and I mean, literally every time we've seen abortions actually drop, like the any time there's actually been effective legislation to make the abortions happen less, it's been when you one actually allow women access to good health care um, and yes. have abortion be legal. Two, when you have good sex education in schools, so people yes. are responsible. Three, when you create programs that reduce poverty so people are able to take care of children. Um, that, is, that is typically, uh, not typically, that is like every time without fail, the best program for actually um, getting rid of abortions. I, I, I can't remember the last time I got into the whole argument over whether or not, um, you know, it's a it's a baby or a fetus. I've found that that's, you know, kind of pointless. It, to me, at least, it feels pointless because it is such an ideological one, and there's such it, a like moral, like not moral. What is it? There's like a philosophical gray. Yeah, it's a phil. It's a philosophical question. Yeah, not. But, it's like where it like there's there's no there's no science there's no science to say like when something when it becomes like a human like that's all philosophical like we that line you draw is arbitrary no matter where you draw it like it, like you could literally go like you can literally go as far as you want either way it's where you, i just say let's put it somewhere reasonable where where people can uh safe and safety and have control over their own body yeah no i agree um and that's that's our take on that guys we are breezing through this episode i feel like i want every episode to be like this where nothing big or terrible happens and we can just be like here's a little thing little sampling platter um uh alabama a state oh this time next week i will be in alabama covering the amazon union uh, that's not what we're talking about right now in regards to Alabama, but just want to plug that. Um, but Alabama is pulling some shit. Um, Alabama Senate votes to make hormone therapy and surgery for trans youth a felony. Is that CBS News? I can't even like pretend to be like just a little independent. Like with this one, this is very clearly not, but um they were, I think, a pretty, con they usually don't like using, you know, cable outlets, but they had a concise article for this topic. Um, Sophie Lewis, da, 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 da. under a new law, transgender youth in Alabama could not be treated with puberty blockers, hormone therapy, or surgery. 
the state Senate voted to make the treatment a felony on Tuesday. Senators voted 23 to 4 to approve the measure dubbed the Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act, because anytime you name a bill that, there's nothing seedy about it. Um, sponsored by Republican Senator Shay Shelnut. Wow, I hate that name. Um, the bill Shelnut. <laughs> the bill now heads to the State House of Representatives, which has already approved a companion bill. The two bills would make it a felony for medical professionals to treat tra transgender minors under the age of 19 with gender-affirming care. Vi violators could face up to 10 years in prison or a $15,000 fine. And this is the part that I really like think is like the worst is the bill also requires school staff in the state to disclose parents that a minor's perception that his or her gender is inconsistent with his or her sex. Essentially, teachers would be required to out transgender students to their guardians, regardless of whether they are ready to do so, uh, which is one so disgusting, two, like increases the risk of like child abuse of, um, you know, just, just, just outing trans youth, it, like, disgusting. How, like, like, how, like, how accepting do you think your average Alabama Ian is of transgender people? Like, yeah, like, I don't want to talk dirty, like, I, cause I do think there's like a problem with like, you know, north people talking shit about alabama but yeah i do feel like there's a good a good chance that um you know like yeah there, there's like a, in there's a religiously like, yeah. influenced state uh you're not gonna have a good time passing deep red deep red yeah um and i don't know i was talking about it in one of the chats of my queer friends that uh i know uh, and hang out with what I, what was it? One of my queer chats. It's not explicitly a queer chat. Just like it's my friend group, and all everyone in my friend group is some type of queer. But anyways, um, uh, and I mean there was some discussion among non-binary people in the chat. Uh, I I can't speak for the entire trans community where they were saying there's some legitimacy to not wanting surgeries to be legal on youth. I I again I'm not going to speak for the the trans community, I'll just say, I know that that was like some of my trans friends were giving legitimacy, legitimacy to that, but they were also acknowledging like, even if you make one, even if there is maybe legitimacy, that's clearly not the point of the bill. The point of the bill is to be transphobic, not to be uh, concerned with uh, youth making decisions while they're young. Uh, and then two, uh, even I guess people apparently in the trans community who are supportive of, um, you know, making you have to be an adult to get surgery still, uh, still agree that children should be allowed to have hormones or uh, hormone blockers, hormone treatment, um, because that's not a, that's not an as um, costly medical thing. And that could actually help them a lot. Um, so I, you know, I maybe think we should, uh, as this progresses, it might be good to like have someone who's more expert on these issues on the show. But I did think that was an interesting perspective that I didn't, that I was surprised to encounter that I thought was worth mentioning. But that, um, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the and the, there's definitely conversations worth having about it. Like I'm sure, like I'm sure they're they're definitely talking about this, especially in the academia, academic space. But it's just that the the Republicans are just come at it from just such a bad faith perspective, just because they're all ragingly transphobic that they just want to they just want to punish they punish people for being trans they they think they think it's a mental illness they they think it's something they think it's something that needs to be it, that needs to be treated through some sort of therapy or something it's it's the same it's the same thing they used to do with with uh with a uh, gay people they, they used to gay people do like conversion therapy because they thought do in certain states i mean milo i mean milo yiannopoulos just came out as ex-gay and said he went through uh uh conversion therapy and that's how he's ex-gay now but but yeah they used to they used to think uh being gay was a mental illness and that's something to be fixed and it's just it's just the same it's just the same bigotry just rebranded yeah it's just tedious like i yeah okay so you're not like i don't want to like rank like who has it worst because that's like the worst thing to do and all oppression is interconnected but i do feel like like trans people do have a really hard time and the thing that stands out to me is their average life expectancy it's like god average trans i think for women it's especially bad and and concern and conservatives like to bring up all the time is like the statistic about like how it is about how high the uh, suicide rate is in the trans community which which is most of the big reason why trans people commit suicide at such a high rate is because they're so discriminated against and then your chances of suicide drop i think like 98 percent and if you have one family member who or a friend that's accepting of you, wait, hold on. Apparently, this was debunked that it, it's the average is thirty five. Let me see. No, it is. Um, so, so that's what. That's why. That's why. That's why the part. That's why the part about uh, the teachers being required to out the their students to their parents because because. Because like, what what do you think is going to happen if you have a kid who uh, is is trans but is keeping it from their parents who they think might not be accepting of it, and then to have their teacher out them, which like you as mentioned before would lead to further like child abuse. Like all of a sudden, uh, your your family thinks you have some sort of mental illness, and they look at you differently, and that that leads people to depression that leads people to suicide and you like the way the way you the way the way uh, you you reduce that is you uh you accept them you accept them for the person who they are like that's all that, that's really all it comes down to like these trans people just want to be like, accepted as everyone else well also you can get into a whole deep dive about how like it used to be actually a lot of cultures before colonization were like super um, cool with like, uh, uh, I don't know if it was specifically, you know, trans was the, the term, but in general, they had different types of genders. Like, and there are still cultures that have different types of, of genders that are accepted. 
Um, I remember watching. Pretty sure, like I'm pretty sure, like I, I could be wrong about this, but like I'm pretty sure, like Rome, like uh, ancient Rome was like pretty uh, open the about ancient all that Greeks stuff. Were like queer as fuck. They had like all of the, they had, they had everything. I mean, they were, you know, they were not necessarily progressive. They were, um, they still had, you know, uh, slavery and women being treated terribly and whatnot. Uh, it's but just, when it's, it comes to like sexuality and gender, like there is a, there is a precedent for this, these identities actually being real throughout history and it's like this idea that like no it's you're either a man or a woman uh is actually a relatively new concept uh that you have you know you have sociologists psychologists anthropologists uh whatnot like experts all over the scientific place uh thoroughly debunking um, and, and you you also have to consider the uh the, the religious aspect is like a lot of people who are deeply religious and uh, if you listen to any uh like hardcore like christian conservative they'll be like uh, the marriage is between a man and a, and a woman and then so like when when you start blurring the lines between what is a man and a woman that kind of uh, makes their brain fizzle a little bit yeah um i so, also so 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 that's what I think that's a lie. So, so it's also just like the, the pushback from just the, the, the church, the heavy influence the church has over our politics as well. All right. Apparently, I can't figure out specifics about whether or not um, this life expectancy fact is real or not. Um, all right. But in general, there are horrible murder and suicide rates among trans women. And, and I, you know, I'm sure also trans men, non-binary folks, but I, I know trans women are particularly uh, at risk. Um, do we want to get into the international situation? Because they're trying to start shit. <laughs> yeah, we so, can that. guys, Russiagate is still alive. And wait, Shane, do you follow Z Squirrel on Twitter? No, I do not. Okay, I was as we as as uh you were talking about the abortion thing, I admit I was scrolling through Twitter. So this is I didn't read the New York Times article. Um God, I, yeah, I didn't read the New York Times article. Um but there is a New York Times article and the headline is Breaking news, Moscow used Trump associates to try to hurt Joe Biden's 2020 campaign, says the new U.S. report on influence efforts from Russia, Iran, and elsewhere. Um, and this is March 16, 2021. Uh, and I don't believe a word of it because anytime New York Times reports something like this, it's fake. But the reason I bring it up... It 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 all it all stems back to uh, I I read into it a little bit and it, it it goes back to like everything else it goes back to Rudy Giuliani which I'm sure like Rudy Giuliani has like as corrupt as he is I'm sure he has a ton of Russian connections and like that and like that's that's like the guy that that's one of the names that keeps coming up in all these uh these. Uh, uh, stories about Russian interference. It all it all goes back to the, the Giuliani, uh, uh, who uh, Michael Flynn, uh, uh, 
all those people because because i'm sure like being the elites that they are there they have connections all over the international business community and so like i'm sure i'm sure giuliani has these russian connections that are associated with the kremlin but that does that does that does that mean that the that like Ju, like giuliani is like a is doing Russia's bid, uh, bidding? No. It's just... Well, I've always said, like, <laughs> Russia... I just assume that countries with the power to do so yeah. are trying to influence the international community because they'd be stupid not to. Um, so I, and it, I don't... And, and... <laughs> but, like, they... they like the whole so the whole thing they're talking about is like this idea that like Russia had some massive disinformation campaign. It's like no, like odds are Russia probably like you know gears whatever media influence they have because the U.S. gears whatever media influence they have and they have way more. So obviously you know as a defense, Russia is going to influence as much as they can. But if you fucking yeah. think that that influenced the election that was part of some big like conspiracy to work with trump then you're i wouldn't even say stupid i'd say yourself projecting because that's the type of shit america does because america is like the only country that has the resources to actually pull shit like that and it's well documented um and i don't believe that um the new york times uh is <laughs> but wait the, sorry the reason i mentioned this is because a Twitter account um, at Z Squirrel, Z E I underscore Squirrel, uh, shared because they were mentioned in the article. Um, so they share a screenshot of the article. One particularly influential part of the Russian op was the Twitter account at Z Squirrel, which regularly wow. posts content critical of Biden and the Democrats. Some of these received hundreds of thousands of views reaching, I feel like there have been news dive tweets that receive hundreds of thousands of views. Like that's not actually a big deal if it receives hundreds of thousands of views. But anyways, back to the article. Reaching many voters in swing states and potentially shaping the electoral outcome. When reached for comment, Adzi Squirrel replied, anyone who believes a leftist Twitter account is capable of swinging an election is a deranged 12-year-old anarcho-Bidenist freak Oh, also the New York Times glorified Hitler. Several screenshots of articles written by the New York Times in the 1920s and 30s with an apparent positive commentary regarding Hitler were attached to the response, the veracity at which we were unable to confirm. We, like one of the most well-funded, well-resourced newspapers, uh, were unable to confirm old articles from our paper that would have made us look bad. <laughs> they don't say that, but that's, that's what they mean when they say we couldn't confirm the veracity. And then Z-Squirrel replies with um, screenshots of the New York Times from the 20s and 30s. But several reliable, well-informed sources confirmed the idea that Hitler's anti-Semitism was not so genuine or violent as it sounded, and that he was a merely, merely using anti-Semitic propaganda as a bait to catch masses, messes of followers and keep them accused, again, this, uh, aroused. Again, this is from the New York Times. Uh, enthusiastic and in line for the time, um, time when his organization is perfect, uh, perfected and sufficiently powerful to be employed effectively for political purposes. Um, 
And yeah, I'm not going to read every single screenshot they shared. They shared like four different screenshots of the New York Times talking about Hitler positively. So um, yeah, I don't take the New York Times seriously. Like they're just they're just shit posting on social media. Like I'm personally like er, like not been accused of being Russian disinformation, although we have been accused of being um, Syrian disinformation. Like, 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 I'm sure, like, like, I'm sure, like, some of the, so there's some actual, like, Russian accounts out there that are, like, putting out, like, oh, Joe Biden sucks, vote, I vote mean, Trump. I tell when they're bots, honestly. Yeah, like, because they're, they're not. They're, well, like, like, the accounts that have a lot of reach are not Russian. <laughs> like, like, they're not. Uh, the accounts I think, that I think, reach are good shit posters. I think the uh, another thing in the report was like that apparently Russia tried to hack uh, Burisma to try to find dirt on Hunter Biden. So 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 pretty much so pretty much what you get from this is that that uh, some some uh, Russians who have links to the Kremlin also have links to Rudy Giuliani, and then there was social media accounts who have links to to uh, the Kremlin as well. It, but just, like, like, sorry, what were you gonna say? But uh, so yeah, like, yeah. I mean, as you said before, uh, this this is what happens when like you have world superpowers butting heads with each other. They're they're gonna go. We're we're, we're hostile to Russia. They're gonna fight back. But uh, if you if you look into it a little bit, a lot of the reasons why Russia is able to infiltrate. Uh, to uh, do some of this stuff that they they, they do is because uh, the U.S. Uh, lacks like cyber defense. Uh, we uh, you can hear some experts uh, talk about how uh, you United how the United States prefer to have the view of the best defense is having a really big offense. So we so like reinvest in like we put a money in in like producing like bombs and stealth bombers and stuff like that but we we i we apparently don't invest enough into like cyber defense and that leads that that leaves us uh very really vulnerable uh apparently like uh apparently uh the u.s military uh doxed one of their like secret military bases because some of the soldiers in the base were wearing Fitbits, <laughs> and like the like the so like they were able to find out where the base was by like tra like tracking like their the soldiers' Fitbit. So it's just like so it's a lot of like I, say, I of, feel like I'm glad the <laughs> military isn't technologically advanced because I feel like we're already doing enough damage with that infrastructure. Like I like we like we yeah I mean like we have the technology we just have we just haven't found our government just haven't found the motivation to put implement it and that and that leaves us open to uh, hacks from foreign countries and then when that that does happen they the media gets to play it up and uh, the our government likes gets the uh, act tough even though we're instigating most of the world's conflict to begin with no i agree um 
Ooh, speaking of most of the world's conflict, Afghanistan, or, or apparently it's pronounced Afghanistan. So I feel like I want to get better at that, but we'll see. But anyways, um, so this was a whole thing that I learned about recently from Empire Files, I think. Um, but then it's, it's since been reported by other people. Um, so I, maybe I learned from that. But anyways, my point is, um, so basically the Taliban is kind of set to attack the U.S. if Biden does not meet the peace deal that Trump set up, uh, which would mean withdrawing all American forces by May 1st. Um, so the Taliban has been mobilizing like around U.S. areas, being like, hey, like you guys need to leave because we made this deal. And if you don't, we're able to easily attack you, um, which I think is is good because honestly, if they're not giving that ultimatum, not 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 to, to uh, hype up the Taliban, I don't think they're going to be good for Afghanistan. But as we all know, uh, the U.S. certainly is not good for Afghanistan, and Biden Ooh. is not going to withdraw uh, unless he's given an ultimatum. Uh, so this was a thing I learned about recently, where basically he's now in sort of a position where he doesn't really have a choice. Um, either a lot of troops get killed or he withdraws. Uh, and before I get to the second part of this story, sort of the bigger news, uh, did you want to say a thing? I mean, uh, we're getting awfully close to the point where we're going to have to say that the Taliban has won the Afghan war. And the, like, we, we, uh, we went, there, I'm pretty sure we went there in the first place, the, the pushback against group, these groups, uh, the Taliban, Al-Qaeda, uh, and now, and now, like twenty years later, the, well, we went there what, so that we would have an excuse to. Well, yeah, the, the, this, that's rock. the government's re that's the government's reason for going there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but uh, the twenty years later, what does the Taliban control like half the country at this point? Like, yeah, because I, I, anytime I, the U.S. goes into a region, they fuck up all of the power dynamics. I mean, like, I mean, like. It's been what, like ten years since we uh, killed Bin Laden. Like, yeah, like that, like that was a big deal. That was a big deal. But it's just like I'm gonna be over, real. Like, over, I didn't care. I was like, but like overall, overall, like I don't know how you can look at the, our time in Afghanistan and call it a success. Well, uh, I don't. I don't think you. Could, I don't know how you could do that. With, they're going you know. to. I mean, if Vietnam. Oh yeah, they're go they're going to. Either way, but... they they are already. Um, but where 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 I'm going with this is that there's now new news that um, we have Biden does the Pentagon does not did not know how many forces it had in Afghanistan or Biden didn't hold on. This is from Press TV, which mind you is the Iranian news channel. They have their own agenda, but uh, they're yeah, for scrutinizing U.S. foreign policy. They're better than U.S. outlets, of course. Um, U.S. officials have said the real number of American forces in Afghanistan is much higher than the public has been led to believe as the Biden administration claims to follow through with a troop withdrawal as part of a U.S. deal with the Taliban, according to U.S. media. It turned out the num that number is actually around 3,500 U.S. forces forces, which is 1,000 more troops in the war-ragged country than the Pentagon had claimed, the New York Times reported, citing U.S., European, and Afghan officials. Um, so yeah, in 
I guess being forced to potentially withdraw all of these troops, we learn that um, there were 1,000 more troops um, than we were led to believe. And, you know, that's, that's what we really should expect from this military um, at this point, that um, we never know what they're up to and how many people they have in each place is. Uh, backtracking a little bit, I, I went and Googled it. The, uh, uh, yeah, in 2018, uh, in, in Strativa's heat map, uh, neon patterns in remote parts of Africa likely signal Western troops and humanitarian workers wearing fitness trackers such as Fitbit. I remember my favorite um, U.S military tech story was when they were like the air force was spending like two thousand dollars on travel coffee mugs that kept breaking they were like these advanced technologically advanced like coffee mugs that cost so much money but then just kept breaking um what a mess so so like when so like when like national security secrets are being like given up by fitbit like 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 how hard do you think it is for the the russian government yeah, I didn't, I mean, I was following that a few weeks ago, but I haven't read up on it recently. It's a, I mean, it's the I mean, same as always. Yeah, it's, it's just the, the two, the two main things is, is the two big stories is a couple weeks ago, uh, Kamala Harris uh, in communications with uh, what is it, the, the prime minister is the title. Or the president? Oh, um, I think President Netanyahu. Pres- president president uh, Benjamin Netanyahu of Israel, and and pretty much and told him that the U.S. does not support the investigations from the International Criminal Court into the uh, into uh, Israeli crimes on the uh, West Bank in Gaza. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is just which is just uh keep in mind the prime minister netanyahu prime minister yeah prime minister and this falls directly in line i i think uh people who follow politics very closely would remember uh kamala harris at, at a at a uh apac which is a, a pack that's funded by israel uh at a at a apac convention Saying that uh, she stand that she, I think she said something like she stands with Israel. So, so, yeah. so yeah. The, the, just just like under the Trump administration, the uh, the government of Israel has the full and unfledged support of the U.S. even even against the international community as a whole. And then the well, you have anything on that? Um. No, I mean, just, I, I mean, I think it's a recurring thing now, like every episode where we, it's a good reminder that, I mean, Antony Blinken said that um, there would be no conditions on which they um, deny aid to Israel. Like there's, there's, they're just going to keep doing it. Uh, that's our secretary of state. Uh, and, and, and then, and then, and then speaking of Israeli fucking hate uh, crimes against humanity, they're, currently committing another one according to uh 
Pal Palestinian officials that they're uh, that they're blocking uh, vaccine uh, COVID nineteen vaccines from getting to uh, Palestine. And, and Pal yet they have the audacity to throw a tantrum when Michael Che on SNL made that joke about them only vaccinating. Oh, uh, like the the way the way the media is covering the uh the vaccine distribution in israel is completely dishonest because uh because it's been all over uh uh the media about how how uh how good israel is doing at vaccinating its citizens but it, they but well, then all these but in these they they uh they all these articles don't mention that that they're only vaccinating uh the people they consider to be their citizens and not all the people who they uh, are sovereign over because they're uh, occupying most of Palestinian land. Well, alternatively, you also have the media's losing their shit over China giving vaccines to Brazil because they have extra vaccines and Brazil desperately needs them. And the line is like, how dare they like not stockpile them? They're so foolish. You know, this could lead to a disaster or another Me, something. Meanwhile, meanwhile, you have the 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 U.S., the U.K., and the European Union all teaming up at the the World Trade uh, World Trade Organization to block a waiver that would have given uh, poorer countries the opportunity to produce cheaper versions of the COVID nineteen vaccine. And so there, so while America is putting sh like a sh like a shot in, a sh doing like a shot per second or like a couple shots per second in America, there's some countries who haven't haven't even uh, vaccinated their first person. And and honestly, this this only and the reason why this is done is, of course, like everything else in in this world, it's it's to protect the. Uh, the uh, profit to large corporations because if the if 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 the other countries are allowed to produce generic versions of the COVID the cheap generic version that undercuts the the uh, market and the profits of like Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, all the companies who are who have produced the the vaccine. But so so this so. So there is this is all for short term profit, but it's going to hurt the world in the long run, because uh, we're we're already seeing the the vac uh, the the uh, COVID nineteen virus mutate uh, several times. There's been uh, several more deadly strains going around, and the and and the only way a virus can mutate is by spreading, and so by not allowing these poorer countries to vaccinate and even even if america's all vaccinated if you don't if you don't allow if you don't allow these poorer countries and let it spread there that allows for new variants to uh be created and maybe a variant that is not at, uh, where the vaccine doesn't work anymore and then next thing you know we're having an, uh we're, ha we're in another uh situation where there's a spike in case so it, it, this is Another fantastic example of uh, short-term pro uh, profits going over the uh, long-term benefit of the society as a whole, because this is only by it's only going to hurt us 
if it's only a downside by not vaccinating the entire world. You know, I think we'll end with North Korea because that seems like a big thing. But just before we get into that, I'll just do a few quick updates, um, which is Haiti. Um, Biden is still backing the um, dictator regime, the Moise regime, uh, which the people are protesting, and he's violently cra- uh, Moise is violently cracking down on um, protests. Um, and on Monday, I believe Monday, Black Alliance for Pe- yeah Monday, Black Alliance for Peace hosted solidarity rallies for Haiti in Chicago and DC. I don't know if they're going to hold one in New York, but I, I hope they do. That would be nice. Uh, I'd encourage people to follow them um, at Blacks for the number four peace at Blacks for Peace. Um, and yeah, they've been doing, they've been sharing a lot about, you know, the U.S. role in Africa uh, and in the Caribbean and Haiti and whatnot. Um, so I encourage people to check them out. Uh, also, another shorter thing before, two more shorter things before we get to North Korea, um, Senegal, there are protests going on there. Uh, the popular opposition candidate um, has been, I believe, arrested, um, arrested. On March, okay, the protest protest erupted on March third when Osman Sanko, one of the country's best known opposition leaders, went to court to face rape allegations. Sanko, who was accused of the rape in February, has denied the charges and insisted that they were fabricated claims meant to disrupt his political career. If convicted, he would not be allowed to run in the 2024 elections. Now, I'm I know nothing about this guy. I know nothing about the political character of Senegal, so I'm not going to talk about. Uh, the rape accusations, they very well could be real. Uh, the re- however, the reason people are protesting is that um, the current president, uh, Saul, has a history of finding ways to um, exclude political rivals from elections by arresting them. So, uh, you know, this very well could be a fake charge given the history of the current president. Um, and how he's treated opposition leaders. Um, and yeah, in the past he has, uh, he, one of them, one of the people he, he kept from running, Khalifa Sal, former mayor of Dakar, was arrested two years ahead of the 2019 elections and pardoned only after votes were cast. Um, and protesters fear that Saul will alter the constitution to let him run for a third term in office bypassing the country's two term limit. Uh, so those protests are going on um, in Senegal, and that's a, a country that people interested in international news should watch. And then Myanmar, I actually had, I went to high school, this isn't news related, but there's news. Um, let me read the news part first. At least 149 killed in Myanmar protests, uh, according to the UN. At least 149 people have been killed in Myanmar since security forces cracked down on peaceful protesters, the office in the United Nations High Commissioner for Human Rights said. 
Myanmar has been rocked by political unrest and mass protests since the military seized control of the country on February 1 and ousted the elected government of Aung San Suu Kyi. Uh, at least 11 were killed on Monday and 57 were killed over the weekend. Uh, and despite this, people are still continuing to protest. There's a very big worker movement uh, against the military regime. A lot of women, a lot of railway workers on the front lines. Um, so that's an interesting situation. Um, and I was just gonna add a little side note that I went to high school with someone whose dad was like apparently a big thing in the uh, Myanmar military. So uh, I hadn't thought about it until recently, but that might be like not good. <laughs> like his family might've been doing some shit. I don't know. I, I, I haven't talked to him in forever, um, but that was just a thing that came to mind. Um, there was like everyone, okay, so I actually didn't read anything about what's going on with the US and North Korea again, but I know everyone was tweeting about how the US is starting shit with North Korea again. Shang, did you follow that at all? Uh, there's just a U.S. intelligence reported that the North Korea is is uh, preparing to uh, test w uh, their weapon system. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, CNN uh, reported uh, U.S. has assessed North Korea could be preparing to carry out first weapon tests since Biden took office. All right. I feel like that's going to end up being a thing. Um, I mean, I've been saying from the start that I think Biden's going to bring us back to where we were on North Korea and that that'll be not good. So, sources, uh, according to several U.S. officials speaking to CNN on the condition of anonymously. Is this the episode? Uh, we could we could talk about the uh, Candace Owens say downfall of Western civilization from the Gr Grammys performance last. Night. Oh, uh, I think we should just end. Sophie, can you play us out with whores in this house? There's some whores. Okay, whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. I said certified freak. There's some seven days a week. Wet ass P word. Make that pullout game weak. Yeah, 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 you effin' with some wet ass P word. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass P word. Give me everything you've got for this wet ass P word. Beat it up, N word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card. Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P word is wet, come take a dive. It continues uh, along these lines. Uh, and it gets significantly, significantly more vulgar. Like, oh, a lot more vulgar.